0: We're so grateful that you have decided to brave the snow and show up this morning, and we pray that the snow uh, holds off until you get back home safely enough. Uh, Pray for the road workers this morning that'll be out and about. Uh, That's always a scary time for their families, and we're so grateful to live in a land uh, that's able to be blessed to have those people, and as Christians, we need to uh, be positive in our approach and thank them for what wor- the work they do, and it may not be perfect. And I know sometimes it's easy to be negative and say, why aren't they on that road and why are they not on this road? And why did they do their road and not my road? And we go through all those things, right, as negative-minded people and uh, call them out and saying, what a bad job they're doing. But we need to be grateful, amen, and thankful that we live in a land where that salt can be applied to the roadways even to allow us to be safe in our communities and in our land. Um, We are uh, continuing the uh, Primal series here and we uh, put a little spin on it here at the Bridge Church, uh, the book study that we're doing by Pastor Mark Batterson. uh, And Primal is a a book that he wrote about going uh, to a land far, far away and going back and learning what it is to be Primal. And he's teaching us those lessons through that book and it's a great study. I am uh, learning through uh, studying that book and uh, learning from each other when we have our book studies. And I love the Zoom meeting that we've been having with Sandy. It allows me to sit on my couch and and, uh, watch that online. And it was beautiful this past Thursday because my mother and sister Betty, uh, it was their first time Zooming and uh, they got on, and when they got on and seen their picture on the screen, they started dying laughing. They didn't know how to mute it, and it was awesome. Amen. So congratulations, Betty, on your first successful Zoom. And Mama is at home watching, I'm sure, too. So Mama will be uh, watching through the Facebook Live that Jodon's doing right now. And we're so grateful that God gives us the ability to do things that far exceeds what our mind would even imagine before. And we've got people out of town working that can uh, log into the service. It's Just awesome what God is doing in our land and in our time. Amen. Amen. We need to think positively and thank God for always doing and allowing us to do as a church. Um, The humane race, uh, we added that part onto it. And I thank God for allowing me to have uh, a few people behind the scenes helping me to be creative uh, through uh, our messages. And we just started that this year. And uh, Andrea and Brittany are helping me do that. So they are coming up with the logos and they're helping me with different things. And I thank you guys for uh, your service to our church. And let's give them a hand, uh, thanking them uh, for doing things behind the scenes. And it's the things that's not always glorious, but it it takes a lot of things to make a a church service go on and a church to move forward and to cause us to think differently today than we thought yesterday. And that's what I want to do. And, but today, this is, uh, you know, we're going into week four here, and it's been a long journey, it seems like in some ways, but other ways, it seems like it's flying by, and it's just like life. Uh, Sometimes things happen, and it seems like, man, this is never going to end this day, and then there's other days you go, and it's like, man, this day went by and flew by, and it's amazing how those things can happen in unison. But uh, today, I want us to look into God's word and think uh, from the perspective of being primal uh, in like the first century church, uh, the way Mark Batterson is teaching these things and how that we need to go back to the days of our beginning. And the Bible says that John the Revelator in Revelation tells us that we left our first love as one church, a type of church, and it's where that we're not as fired up about God as we once were. And I pray today that when we leave these doors today, that we leave changed Amen. And we leave different than we came. That we have a mindset that has shifted into the things of God and the ways of God into our daily activities. Amen. That we can go on and work. I'm not telling you not to work. I'm not telling you not to do those things. But I'm telling you there needs to be a shift in our mind. Amen. We need to pray that the mind of Christ Jesus, it says in Philippians, let the mind of Christ be in you. I want to think like Jesus thought. Amen? I want my mind to be cleared of clutter. Come on, somebody. Kind of like your closets need to be. Amen? Like my garage needs to be. It needs to be cleared of clutter. It won't hurt you to call Swatcher to come up and haul off a truckload for you all. Amen? it would be okay. We're thankful for him that he's out there doing that work for us. If you got junk, uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure, amen? He'll take your junk bucket of boats and turn it into some dollars that he can use to live. And we need to be part of that. I encourage you, if you got some junk, get rid of it. Call up Mr. Switzer. He'll come and get it for you. But as we're stepping into this part here and, and thinking about a renewed mind, a transformed mind, And how the Bible is so clear throughout the New Testament that Jesus brought about a new way of thinking. And he calls people to think, wow, I've never thought of it that way before. And when he came to this earth, it changed everything, including the calendar. Amen. They started off at year one when he came along. Amen. It changed everything they was counting before. Jesus is a change in your life the same way. And I can remember back to that October night in 1999 when I decided I'd had enough of living life my way. And I renewed my mind by going to church and bowing at an altar and saying, God, I give you my life. Be Lord. Take control and make a message out of the mess I've created. And he did that. Amen? He transformed my life. And if you've been saved by the blood of Jesus and by the grace of God, Amen. You are changed in an instant when you pray that sinner's prayer. And they all don't have to be the same. And I can stand up here every week and tell you to repeat after me, and you can do that. But as your heart pleads those words, God knows your heart. And if you mess up the words that I'm telling you to repeat, it's going to be okay. Amen. Amen. Because God looks at the heart, not on the outward appearance of man. He looks at us in a different way than we look at ourselves. But as I think about being humane, I think about in the world in which we're living and how we're so divided. Well, nobody here believes that. I said the world in which we live is so divided. Amen. And God is a uniter, not a divider the God we serve, the God of the Bible. And as I'm preparing for this message, I've got 5,000 points that I can bring across today, but I'm going to try not to because your heart can only accept what your seat is able to endure. So I'm going to try my best to be on good behavior today. There's so many things that I want to say. I'm telling you, the Word of God is active it's alive, and it transforms lives. And I'm telling you, there's so much in this book that is able to be preached on, and I just want us to look at it as God, as a uniter. Everybody say that with me. Say, my God is a uniter. He makes all things new, <laughs> like the song we just sang. And man, I feel him in this place today. I can sense the presence of God is here to move in our midst and shape and renew our minds today in this place so as i was thinking through this message and how that god wants to come in the room today and transform lives you know that we're studying primal in the the first century and i had you to close your eyes on week one and think about synergy and think about dialogue and that's what jesus came to do to bring many different people together in one unison group and to create dialogue where that they lived life together amen connected how awesome is that that those 12 disciples some of them were fishermen there was tax collectors there was all types amen and usually fishermen, a businessman, don't get along too good with IRS. But don't you know that Jesus unites and doesn't divide? Amen. He brings people together that doesn't make much sense. Amen. Uh, it's going to be a different approach this year. What if you go get your taxes done here this next month? And you th- walk in and say, well, glory to God, I'm here and I'm anxious to get my taxes done. Whether i got to pay extra or whether I get a return. Amen. I'm going to walk out of here happy today because i got enough to do that. Why? Because God is my sustainer. Amen. He's a uniter, not a divider amen and it doesn't matter what my tax bill is it's good enough for me amen Jesus said render unto Caesars that which is Caesars come on business owners in the room everybody say glory to God God's a uniter amen he'll do things in the kingdom that doesn't make sense to me in my mind my carnal mind it's hatred towards God but guess what when I walk in the spirit all things are renewed amen I can be happy and not mad Well, I didn't have that wrote down, but there it is. Take it like you want it. It's good enough for me. Amen. It's the word of God. It's true. Whether we like it or not. Renew my mind, God. Allow me to be a positive person. That thanks God that I made enough that I had to pay taxes. Amen. Thank God I had a job and I made enough to pay taxes. Amen. We could be walking around as a vagabond with no home to live in and, amen, living in the street somewhere and homeless people walking up down the street. But let's not be like that. Amen. Let's thank God for what he does through us. Amen. amen. Wow. That's a uniter, not a divider. I just spoke words, and there's some people in the room like, I don't know about that. I don't Ain't gonna you happy about paying taxes? That preacher can say that if he wants to. Go, go ahead and go on paying, Pastor. <laughs> amen. Well, okay, moving on. <laughs> As I was thinking through that, that we are t- need synergy and we need dialogue. And Jesus did that through his disciples. And I had you close your eyes that week one and just imagine yourself sitting in a synagogue somewhere and Jesus walking through Galilee, Amen. the very son of God, the one born of a virgin Mary. Amen. Amen the one that the angels rejoiced and said, Hallelujah. Amen, the one that said, Emmanuel, this is God with us. This Jesus that we're serving today came and walked this rural, crooked crooked world that we're living in. And it's amazing to me. Why would he leave the portals of heaven and come and live on this earth, a, a place of doom, of destruction, of death, of envy, of bitterness, of strife, of division? Why would Jesus come from there to live here? And here he walks into a synagogue. And amen. And studying Bible and studying religion and studying through our seminary classes that Leslie and I took and, and seeing that. And studying Judaism. and I, I love that. I can go in and dig into the Greek and to the Hebrew and to the Aramaic. And I, I, I love studying this Bible. I enjoy it. Sometimes it makes me angry. Sometimes it makes me happy. Sometimes I get mad when he points out something in my life. Amen? Amen. But as I did that, they'll say, you know, in in Jewish uh, customs that, you know, where there's 10 Jews, there's 14 opinions. (laughs) It's kind of like that in America. Everybody say, where there's 10 Americans, where there's 10 Americans, there's 14 different opinions. Amen? Amen? 25, that's even better, amen. Do I hear 30? You do I hear 30? Got a 30? No. It's out there, amen. amen. Bible says that a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amen. Do I have any double-minded folks in the room today? Amen. That's perplexed between two things. What do I do? Well, I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like that. And I'm wishy-washy and everything. Amen. I can't get anything done because I won't make a decision. It's unstable. It's unstable. But Jesus came here to show you you can be singularly focused on God and His ways are not our ways. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's what Scripture teaches us. And Jesus taught us this amazing truth that there's not 10 commandments, there's not 614 commandments. One commandment lays them all out, just like in the book teaches us, right? The first commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it'll shift and shape your destiny and the remaining years of your life. If you'll do this, Jesus said, all the rest of them will fall right in line. Amen? Amen? Love God. And he said the second one is just likened unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? So as we think about these things that Jesus taught, he was a uniter, not a divider. And he created dialogue in people that couldn't get along. And I... It's already 1109. Now I'm scared. I'm scared. It's not, dark. it's not dark. We're good. Jesus was a uniter. Week two, we talked about leaving Fear. You know, and dealing with that and walking in faith. Jesus did that. He believed God. He believed God even to the point where he was hanging on that cross. He had to say this. Jesus in the flesh, in a body, the Son of God, hanging on a cross, says this. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen? Amen? That's hard whenever they're killing you. Amen? Amen? Then he says, into your hands I commend my spirit. Amen. It is finished. He took care of the sacrifices Leslie was talking about this morning. Jesus united it all and made it basic and made it simple. Amen. If your religion is complicated, you're, re- you're living the wrong religion. Jesus came to make it simple. Amen. So simple, I believe that even a caveman can do it. Yeah. Amen. It means even insurance agents are allowed to come into the kingdom of God, amen. So easy a caveman could do it. But today I want to talk about this. Last week we went into Peter and preaching the first sermon and how that uh he talked about that this is that, right? This is that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. For my handmaidens I'll pour out my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. Amen. That means male, female, that means black, white, Jew, that means Hispanic, I mean everything. The Holy Spirit, through that, in Acts chapter 2, united the whole world. Because they were there, and that one place it says in Acts chapter 2, when it spells that out, it says they were all in Jerusalem celebrating a feast, but they were yet all divided because they were Medes, Persians, this, that, that, had listed out all those different types of people from different nations, and it said they were all different, right? But guess what? When the Holy Spirit fell upon them, what happened? It united all of them, and 3,000 of them come to know Jesus in an instant by one little sermon. Yes. Amen. Amen? The sermon that shook the world you've heard about the shot that went around the world That was heard around the world this was the sermon that was heard around the world it changed everything because when the holy spirit was poured out they did that because they waited on god right and when they did that and they received the baptism of the holy spirit they were refreshed they were renewed they were strengthened they were encouraged but they was hiding behind walls and a few seconds later they were out in the street corners declaring thus says the Word of God the Prophet Joe said it this way and here we are living right out in front of everybody amen my religion I don't want to hide it under a candle no I want to be a light that lights the world amen like Jesus said so here's Peter standing up and preaching and it says the leaven stood up with him and what if we could get in unison what if the church of Jesus Christ would once and for all get in unison and declare thus says the word of God and it will change your culture it will change your mindset it will unite nationalities I'm sorry for screaming but it's true but it's true Bible says by the foolishness of preaching Amen. Some people say, oh, that's foolish. Why does he get up there and scream and holler? Like? I don't know, because God anointed me to preach the gospel of peace, the gospel of Jesus. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. Amen. I'm kind of worthy to stand here. Why? Not because what I've done, but because what Jesus does through me. Amen. This is not me. Amen. I'm humble. To the best of my ability, you may look at me and say, oh, I don't want to have to talk about every person I know. But I, I try to be humble. I try to be meek. I try to be mild. I try to emulate Jesus in my life. And I ain't saying I'm successful all throughout the week. But I try. And I want to do the very best I can. Because people watch my life. and It doesn't matter if I'm working at work. It doesn't matter if I'm going to flea markets. It don't matter what I do. I want to emulate Jesus in the world I'm living. Amen. And when I do that, people's watching. Yeah. And you may think, well, they watch preachers. I'm telling you right now, if you put a cross on, they're going to watch you too. And wa- I'm not talking about a cross on a necklace either. I'm saying if you even declare you're Christian, automatically people's going to say, wow, I'm going to watch you. And they're going to pick you apart. And when you mess up, they're going to tell you real quick, Amen, I thought you was a Christian. Yeah. Just look at them snorting. i you know, say, I thought I was too. I just, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. I can't boast about working. Amen. I can boast about grace. That the grace and mercy of God is applied to my life. Amen. And it changed me. When I quit trying to work out my own soul salvation and I did it in fear and trembling now, guess what? It changed how I react to the world I'm living in. Because how many ever tried to live a Christian life before you ever gave your heart to God? Yeah. I did. I tried to think, well, I'm going to be a good person today. And you wake up and you mess up before you even get out of bed. Amen. Amen. Amen? The grace of God changes that. This thing that Jesus brought about, and it, it changed everything. I really believe Jesus changed everything. Not just the calendar. He changed me. Amen? So when this Acts 2 thing happened, and we talked about that all last week, and it's amazing how Peter preached that message and 11 of them stand there. It's awesome. But this week I want to talk about going forward a little bit farther. So we've seen Jesus in a synagogue, and we've seen Jesus, you know, dead burial and resurrection, and we've, we've seen Jesus uh, through Peter and, and through last week. And, and, and it's amazing how this continues on. This. Continues on. Jesus did not quit uniting when the last apostle died. How many believes that? How many believes he's still here? Amen. He is still here. Why? Because I've felt him. Amen. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's something different when Jesus shows up on the scene, and I know He's with me. Amen. I'm confident in this. Amen. And Paul the apostle said, "I'm confident." Amen. Why? Because He's confident in Jesus. Jesus is here, and because the last apostle died, doesn't mean Jesus said, "Well, I got all I can do. I got about 33 years there, and I got one generation. That's pretty good. It's time for me to roll on out. (laughs) I'm just going to sit up here in heaven." Come on, somebody. It says that He is sitting on the right hand of the Father in Scripture, and He's making intercession for you and me. Amen. You know what that means? Amen. Jesus is praying for you right now. Amen. He didn't quit when the last apostle died. I'm like, oh, John the Revelator, he made it up here. Good boy, John. I'm glad you got here. I'll give you that picture down there to confuse everybody, by the way. No, Revelation ain't confusing. I know I'm saying ain't, and I'm not supposed to, but that's okay. You understand where I'm going, amen? If you're from Lewis County and you're from around here in this region of Appalachia, we understand that. Ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. I wish I could sing. If you've never heard that young girl out there out west do that, man, they brought a girl out of Appalachia and took her out to California, and they stood her up on a platform and got a guitar in her hand, and she sung that song, and you talk about the glory of God falling in a room, and a bunch of Californians understand, wow, where'd that come from? It come from Appalachia, baby. That's where it come from. Amen. Put some hill jacks in a room somewhere, and put them in the midst of a trivial situation. And guess what? God, the uniter, and Jesus in us, the hope of glory comes alive. Amen. And it'll quicken our mortal body. And guess what? Change happens. Amen. I feel the power of God in this room. Don't you? How many believes he's here? He is here. The risen Savior of God. The Son of God is here with us today. Mm. And when he comes, change happens. He changes people into, he transforms us. Wow. You can take a Car and turn it into a big glorious bodybuilding looking freak, amen. On Transformers, we watch the movie, Amen. You got kids, you've seen it. Imagine you list a little old useless piece of nothing. A Shabbat. Shabbat. Amen. That's me. Woo! Yeah. A little junk Shabbat. And then the Son of God. Imagine that transformation. Whenever you read that in Romans chapter 12, imagine. Be renewed in your mind by the transforming power of God. Imagine that with me. And you're just this little junk ball of nothing. Little ball of nothing. You're the potter. I'm the clay. Wow. I'm the canvas. Amen. But you're the painter. Imagine that with me. And Jesus comes down and he transforms you. Amen. I remember sitting in 8th grade, in Mr. Mr. 7th grade or 8th grade? 8th grade, I think, Mr. Harmon. Preacher downtown, Methodist Church. Awesome man of God. I didn't know it. He looked mean to me. I thought he taught school like he preached. I didn't know. He's an awesome human, though. Loved God, loved people. Awesome human. If you if you knew Alan Harmon, you knew a good soul. I can remember whenever he had us to recite part of our history. We had to stand up and, and, and recite that. And I was like, I am not standing up in front of twenty people and saying nothing. Amen? I could talk at a table if it was me and one person, but if two people sat down at the lunch table and I was the one talking, I'd turn blood red. Amen. Betty, I'd turn as red as your shirt. I couldn't do it. I couldn't talk. But Mom's got pictures of me, this little baby this tall, sitting with a guitar in my lap with a suit on, and me telling her I'm going to be a preacher someday, Mama. I knew it, but I thought I couldn't. I thought it was not possible for me. But here I stand. Here I stand. Not because of me, but because of him. Amen. He transforms things that can't into things that can Amen. And when I go back out of this room and I get this microphone and I lay it down, I transform back into that old person that says, I can't. When I'm up here, I have all the confidence in the world that thus says the word of God. And I know it transformed lives. And I know whenever I get those texts and those messages and those emails from people that say, Wow, man, I needed that today, Pastor. Thank you for speaking the word of God. I'm so grateful and humbled to have this opportunity to speak to you like this. But God gives us visions. Visions. And this hasn't died either. There's some people say, well, God, He don't, you know, just go to the Word of God and He don't speak anymore and He's not in the hearts of man and He's just, yeah, and we're all just this glorious thing that we stand up and just talk like this, right? I don't want to be that. I don't serve a God that's like that. I serve a God that's alive, I said. Amen. He's not dead. He's not laying in a tomb somewhere. He doesn't say, I no longer want to be with my people. He wants a relationship with you like the thing Leslie sent out last week. And anybody watched that video? How powerful was that? Amen. Chris Hodges has done an awesome job teaching that lesson. And it's amazing that God wants a relationship with every person sitting in this room. He wants a relationship with every person that's watching by video today. He wants a, a relationship with every person that's going to listen to the podcast this week. If you're sitting in your car today, and you're riding along, and you're thinking, well, I'll just listen to Pastor Ben today. Guess what? God it wants to come in that car and sit down with you, and he wants to sup with you. He wants to talk with you. He doesn't call back and say, I'm not doing that anymore. He's still alive today. He's a uniter, not a divider. And as I think about that, he gives us pictures and visions from time to time to show us a path forward. I've been praying for Savannah now for months. I didn't even know you when I started that stuff. I've messaged her, I don't know how many times, and said, What are you gonna do with your life, Savannah? What's God's plan for you? How many of us join with me right now and say, God chose Savannah? Exactly. Your will for her life. Amen. Move in a way that don't seem possible, God. Sure, you got a business degree. Sure you do. And God can use anything in his kingdom. He's a uniter, not a divider. Amen. And it's not just saying, I'm not picking on you. I love you. Amen. Hey, that's a two-fold street. I thought she hated me there for a while. But God gives us visions. How many believes in dreams and visions? The Bible is full of it. And I looked it up, and it's amazing to me how many times it's there. Well, I've got to get back up here to my notes to tell you because I looked it up. Oh, man, I've got so many notes. If you only knew. Dreams and visions. So the word vision is 86 times in the Old Testament and 17 times in the New Testament. The word dream occurs 87 times in the Old Testament and 8 times in the New Testament. But guess what? The Old Testament's this thick, and the New Testament's this thick. And I don't believe that God has changed. Amen? Amen? who believes the word of God it says I am the Lord thy God and I change not amen we might be living under a dispensation of grace where they lived under a dispensation of law but guess what he's still the same God he don't change amen it's just what he had us to do through Jesus and after Jesus and the law of grace and here we are but guess what because it's not mentioned many times does not mean that dreams and visions aren't a reality in the world we're living in here today so I'm here to tell you this he's still a dream-making God. He's still a visionary God. Amen? And where this comes into play, I, I want to pray. What, what's the word for somebody that creates a new business? What do they call them? Entrepreneur. Say that. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Sounds like manure to me, but that's close, you know. Come on, somebody, because whenever you tell somebody your dream, guess what they'll do? That sounds like a bunch of hogwash to me. That stinks as far as manure. newer. Appellation, right? But guess what? If God says it, so be it. That's what we say when we say amen. That means so be it, right? I agree with that. So whenever God gives somebody in this room a vision today or a dream, he'll break it into a reality when you say, yes, God. How many believes that in Appalachia today we need a uniter not a divider? How many believes that there's an entrepreneurial spirit that'll come upon and shift a generation? That God can cause you to do things that you can't do yourself. Whether it's start a business, whether it's do this or do that. And he'll cause you to do things sometimes you don't even want to do. But guess what? When he gives you a dream and vision and you say "Amen," amen, so be it God, it'll shift your future. It will shape Your future. So there's a bunch of ragtag bunch, and there's 12 of them. They elect this other guy, you know, because Judas and all that. And there's these 12 running around. And you read that in Acts. And I told you last week when you read Luke, just go right into Acts. Don't read through the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Because it's one book. It's wrote. He segmented it into two different things. But Luke, the physician, a doctor, wrote that. theophilus look at it wow this amazing story of jesus here on earth in luke then when he transcends and goes back to heaven now look at the acts of the apostles and he broke it out in this two segmented groups but it's one story the same jesus that was alive and walking on this earth is the same jesus that's working through the apostles amen and those disciples, and I believe in that apostolic leadership, and I believe it. whenever I call Pastor Wells and I pray and I ask God things, and there's some things that I'm confused by, and I'm still young. You may look at me and say, well, you're bald, no gray-headed, an old man, but guess what? I still need somebody. Come on, somebody. And i got a team around me of people like Sister Garth and, and all those people around me, and I want some gray hair, amen, give me some wisdom, because I'm still pretty young and dumb. Amen. That's you, too. I don't care how old you are, find you some wisdom around you somewhere. Amen? Amen. Go to them, ask them some things. There's an apostolic anointing that comes upon some old folks that's been through some storms. And it's where they help people that hasn't been helped before, that they can give wisdom to things. There is an apostolic anointing still alive today. We serve the same Jesus that Peter served. We serve the same Jesus that Paul served. Amen. We serve the same Jesus that John the Revelator, that one with the magnificent vision in Revelation, we serve that same Jesus. So, these visions that he gives, and I've got so many, but it's 1129, and I'm going to tell you real fast. Peter had a vision, right? He was snoring one day, taking a big nap on a rooftop. Oh yeah, man! I just got my belly full down here. I'm an old Simon. He really hooked me up. And I, I don't know if it's smoked salmon. I don't know what it was. It just sounds good, don't it? And he's there, and get your belly full. Anybody ever do that? And you just go home, and right after a good meal, and you're just like, well, I'm gonna take a nap right here in the recliner, and everything's gonna be real good. Amen. So here's Peter laying here taking a big nap. Just imagine this with me. Come on, I know it's adding a little bit to the word of God, but it's okay. I'm making the story alive for us. And here he's just snoring, he's staying there, and all of a sudden, this glorious vision appears to him. And God shows him. This this big blanket comes floating down out of heaven. Everybody's like, woo, whenever I'm taking a nap, I love a blanket. Amen. This sounds real good to me. Woo, on this side of glory, amen, this looks good. i get getting a big blanket, and here Jesus is coming. He's going to be my comforter, amen. How many likes a comforter on your bed, amen? A good comforter, that's a real thick one. You know, it'll kind of make you real warm, and you just like it, amen. It's comfortable in that, right? Yeah. So here you are laying there in a big comfort curve coming down from heaven. Woo, you think it's going to be this, and you're going to be that. Come on, somebody. When Jesus comes, you're like, yes, he's finally coming, and it's going to be exactly what I want. Yeah. Right. Amen. Because we tell him what all we want when we pray, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We need to go to him and say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yeah. Amen. Thy kingdom come on earth. Thy... Unite something for me, Jesus. That's how we need to be praying. Amen. Instead of, Jesus, why well, I need this and I need that. And Jesus, if you care, to just fill my checkbook up for me. And... You're right. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Peter's laying there and gets his vision. And, and it comes down. You see from the bottom side, it looks like a sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, woo. Looks like what I want right now. And whenever it gets down to eyeball level for him, he looks inside of it. It's got all these unclean animals. How many likes a life of filth? Nah. Nah. But he had been raised his whole life a Jew, and he knew, according to the Old Testament, it tells me not to eat this type of animal. Thank God for the New Testament. Amen. I could eat some pork, a big pork chop. Amen. They couldn't eat that in the Old Testament. Now I'm going to get me a big pork chop, right? Amen. Thank God for a good big slice of ham sandwich. Come on, somebody. Woo! Woo! How many like to get some shrimp, some of those things just scouring around on the bottom, big lobster, big old nasty looking thing, and, and they get it out of the ocean? And I'm sure Peter threw a thousand of those back. Now all of a sudden, Jesus is here and he shows up with a sheet and he says, what you used to think is not what you ought to think now. Amen. Come on, somebody. What you thought meant unholy is not unholy. Amen. I whatever God created, it's all his. That's a new way of looking at some things. So here Peter is wanting to take a nap. Jesus is talking to him. He said, He's unclean. Take, take and eat, Peter. Peter's like, nah, I don't think I will, Jesus. Maybe, maybe nobody in this room's ever done that. It'd be like Jesus speaking to you, and you're like, well, I don't know, Jesus. I just can't really do that. It seems unholy to me. You think God's going to tell you to do something unholy? Come on, folks. You think he's going to give you a vision to do something unholy? No, he's not going to do that. He's a holy God. Amen? So here he is. Peter finally gets talked into it. Take and eat. I can imagine him eating in the spirit, you know, like wow, wow, it's a big old pork chop sandwich first time in his life. And he's like, man, that's the best thing ever, Jesus. I've been living on this hummus or whatever. Is that that stuff? Or, uh, yeah, I, 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 can you imagine the difference? Come on, somebody. There's a lot of difference. Big lamb chop. That's the yuckiest stuff on the planet. Come on now. A pork chop's 50 times better. I ate a lamb one time me and Leslie went on a a honeymoon date down there in a big fancy restaurant down in Maysville. And I was like, I think I'll just get me a lamb. (laughs) Yuck. Amen. I couldn't even hardly eat it. Yuck. Can you imagine Peter's mouth just watering when that pork chop slid across his tongue? Amen. That was awesome. And then God says, this is symbolic of what you think about people. This is symbolic of what you think about people. Oh, my, 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 my. Wow. What a difference a vision can make. And then Peter is called to go to a Roman centurion's house out of this vision. tells him there's two people standing down there at the gate right now. And you're going to go with them. And you're going to go preach to Gentiles. But I don't like them. Jesus said, I don't care. You're calling somebody ugly that I'm calling pretty. Amen. Amen. The humane race is Jesus unites all races. Amen. Black, white, amen. Yellow, orange, pink, purple. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves us all the same. For God so loved the world. Everybody say, the world. That's a uniter, amen, not a divider. We can break off in our little segmented groups, and I'm guilty of it myself saying Appalachian all the time. That's kind of like a dividing thing that I think, well, we're Appalachians, we're just different. Then there's, what, Melungeons even in that group that, you know, that's a little bit different than that. Everybody, you know, we, we got all these groups. We just segment ourselves down until we end up on an island all by ourselves, all alone, amen? But Jesus is a uniter, not a divider. And he tells Peter, amen, go with them and preach the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. It's a uniter, amen? Preach the gospel to them, Peter, even though you don't want to. You don't like them. You don't like that Roman guard because you think he's the one who killed me. But guess what? It wasn't that Roman centurion that killed me. It was your sin that killed me, amen? And all of us is just the same. We're in a big ball of wax of sinners, amen? But we're saved by the grace of God. So Peter walks up into Cornelius' house. Can you imagine him strolling in there like, mm mm Got me a vision. I know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Amen. Isn't this happy? Woo, yeah. I'm walking in the goodness of God right now. And you walk in and these people you didn't like a day before. Come on, somebody. A day before I didn't like them. I'm not preaching to them. I'll preach to everybody else, but I'm not gonna preach to them. They look different than me. But God, they, they they smell different. I've been guilty of saying that. You know, certain segments of group people that they stink. They don't wear to hold it. Oh my gosh. And Peter walking in there with a fresh vision from heaven. And he preaches. And he don't even have to say much or nothing at all. And the second he gets there, that God had already been working on the heart of Cornelius. And Cornelius had already started offerings and giving and, and, and benevolent in his approach to life. He was a centurion of Rome. You're not supposed to do that. But guess what? His heart had already been pliable. Amen. So this Roman guard, the centurion had, had hundreds underneath of his power. All of a sudden... Listens to a little small Jewish boy that says, Man, Jesus came. You have heard of him? They killed him. No, he's not dead. Peter had to tell the centurion Cornelius, guess what? You heard you guys killed him? He's not dead, he's alive. He come out of the grave, amen. And he set humanity on a different course, and he changed everything, including me. I'm just a lowly fisherman, but guess what? He gave me a voice, and I'm going to use it for his glory, and I'm here to tell you about this man named Jesus that's alive. And Cornelius' heart was quickened by the Spirit of God in an instant, and he gave his life to God. And whenever Cornelius did, guess what? If you go to the top, if you take the head off, the whole thing crumbles, amen. And it says his whole household was saved that instant. Wow! What a difference. What a difference, Peter. You think things unclean? You'd say you don't want to preach and all this? It's okay. But if you do what I tell you to do, it'll change everything. Because those Gentiles were saved in that moment, in that instance, that opened up, if you want to call it, Pandora's box. And it gave you a right be sitting in the seat you're sitting in today because if that had never happened this would be a Jewish faith and you wouldn't be a part of it wow wow ain't you glad that Jesus united the races and made a humane race Come on, somebody. You're allowed to be in church today. You're allowed to be saved today because Peter heard from God and did what he was supposed to do. He got a vision of what he thought. turned it, God turned it into what God wanted it to be. And now you're sitting here. A Gentile. Paul the apostle comes along and he becomes the apostle to the Gentiles, he says. And he preaches to them everywhere. And now the, the church that, that, this very church that Mark Batterson talks about, that he's going down to his catacomb and walking down these steps, down into this thing you're reading, guess what? That was a Gentile church that wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for Peter preaching to Cornelius. Amen. Wow, what a difference. One little sermon in a household makes. And what's that make sense? He didn't go to church. He didn't say, Cornelius, come over to the church service today and we're going, we're going to preach to you. He went in his home. And what if you went to visit somebody that don't know about God? And all of a sudden you got a little preacher fired up inside of you. And Jesus said, I'm going to send you over there on purpose and intentional. And I'm going to cause you to speak into their heart. And whenever you do, I've already been working on them. And guess what? They're going to come to know me. And you walk into that house with that vision from God. And you walk in and say, well, (laughs) you don't know what's coming in your house today. But guess what? Jesus is coming. Amen. Why? Because he's in me. i got the hope of glory living on the inside of me. And I'm bringing him to your house today. Amen. And it changes things. I promise you, it'll work for you too. And the Bible's full of these stories. Paul, the apostle, got a vision from God on the road to Damascus. Why? Because God wanted him to. God gave him a vision. The best vision I know of. that I, I love And, and whenever Paul was there, and it says in, in Acts chapter sixteen that Paul the apostle was out doing these churches and planting these churches, and he wanted to go to this place, and, and it says the Holy Spirit prevented him from preaching. That don't align with my theology. My theology is, is I'm always supposed to speak for Jesus, and I'm always supposed to stand up for Jesus, and I'm going to tell everybody it's wrong about everything they've ever done in their life, and I'm going to be the most godly, approachable person ever. If the church needs something today, it's this. We need a good spirit of shut up come upon us. Amen? Amen? The Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching. Think about that. That don't even make sense in our religious mindset. But it was reality in Acts. Look at your neighbor and say, man, I wish you'd just shut up. Tell them no, don't don't hold back now. This is a good time for openness. No, we, we're gonna open our minds here. So just look at you gotta look at people on both sides of you, because you picked the, you picked that one person. You wanted to tell the other one, you want to tell the one on the other side of you that you wanted them to shut up, but now now you gotta tell everybody shut up. Amen. Just look at the one on one side and say, Shut up. Yeah. Look at the one on the other side and say, Shut up. Yeah. All right, now look behind you. Say shut up. shut up. Now look at your preacher and say, Shut up. Shut up. There you go. Shut up is here. I'm going to close this little book. And I think I've told you some things today. Let's see if you'll start playing. Philip, Acts chapter 8. Beautiful story. Philip. He's not an apostle, he's a, a disciple. He's an evangelist. That's what it labels him as—an ev- evangelist. I mean, somebody that tells people about Jesus. And Philip's here, and he goes and he evangelizes the city. And this city is called Samaria. anybody ever heard of that? Samaria. That's where Jesus went, and he met that woman at the well. You know that story? How beautiful is that? So Jesus had been here before, but now Philip comes after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And he comes in the same city that Jesus went to. Philip comes to town. And he says, You may have heard that they killed him. But I'm here today to tell you he's alive. And he wants to save you today. And it said that many, many, many believed. And that was a city of thousands. Samaria was a city of thousands of people. Philip preaches to them, and many believed, and it says, "Great joy come to the city." Why? Because people believed. Because God don't bring doom. He don't bring despair. Amen. He brings joy. Doesn't say he brings happiness. It brings joy. Happiness is different than joy. I'd like to see some joy come to our city. Amen. I'd like to see some joy come to our church Amen They believed While it's there Some people in Jerusalem heard about it Peter and another apostle said Well let's just run on up there and see what's going on But how I many knows whenever a move of God begins to happen People, people get nosy Amen They're like wow I've heard of that wow. Wouldn't you like the bridge to be that church Amen Amen I'd like for them all to come Amen Come one come all I'm not talking about stealing from other churches. I'm talking about people coming in here that don't know Jesus that wonders, wow, why is that hillside full on a day where snow is covered? I just stayed home. If I went to church, I would have just stayed home today. That would be a good day. What's wrong with that bunch of Christians up here? What? We come into the house of God. We brought joy with us this morning. You walked in this place, and there was such a joy. And whenever I was sitting in the office, and I was back here praying, I was saying, God, give me something to say today, and let me do what you asked me to do. And as I heard you guys walking in, and I just heard the noise and volume level raise, because there was joy walked in this house today through you. How many would like your neighbors that's never felt the joy of God to have it, experience it? I want God to unite us, not divide us. There's not an empty seat in here. Those kids were sitting there a while ago, but it's empty now because of a bunch of hoodlums over there. Every row is covered here. Albie was sitting back there where those empty ones are, too. This was full. We had a full house this morning. How awesome is that? Man, I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad you get to experience this. I love it that, Sandy, when you get to go home, you get to go home you say, Man, I'm so glad I came today. Amen. I'm so glad that the joy of the Lord is my strength, that I'm renewed and I'm refreshed day by day. Amen. That the glory of God surrounds me because I meet with other people that love Him. And I'm going to leave here changed. The evangelist preaches that city was changed it was united because up to that point it had been a divided kingdom you can go back and study the Old Testament the nation that was supposed to be Israel was divided in two kings and the king of that second one was in Samaria so it's Samaria versus Jerusalem is what it is be like us saying today, Taco, Jesus, heal our border. Did anybody pray that with me? Heal our border. Heal it, God. We're divided, God. Don't let us be divided. Now we're divided on the top side this past week. It's like, oh no, the Canadians are going to hate us. God, unite us as a humane race of people I'm not talking politically I'm talking spiritually because what happens in the natural is a sign of what's happening in the spiritual God unite us let's all bow our head Nobody looking around. I don't need anybody paying attention to everybody else. I want you to pay attention to what God is asking you. If you're here in this place today, I want you to answer this question. Are you willing to accept a vision or a dream from God? I want you to answer that to God yourself right now. Am I willing to accept a vision or a dream from God today? I shouldn't sing that. Leslie singing the mark, so I don't have to. to say yes God I'll accept a dream today I'll accept a vision from you today God show me what to do I'm tired of being here God be Lord of my life Create in me a clean heart of God renew a right spirit within me God let me call all things clean on this earth that you call clean God up your voice, lift up your voice, even if you can't sing, I'll sing with you, I can't sing, I'm okay with that, work together. Amen. Work it all together, God. Make us uniters, God. Let us be united and not divided as the body of Christ. Across races, God. Across ethnic groups, God. Across religious denominational lines, God, I pray, cause us to work together and build your kingdom here on this earth the way you want, God. Everybody pledge with me today, our, our pledge for the primal series. Everybody say, I pledge to talk civilized to those people I don't like. I pledge to work together to bring about a reformation of the church. I pledge to be a part of the humane race. I pledge to be primal. Amen.